This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. The bigger the game gets, he becomes aware of it. He becomes conscious of it. Some guys become conscious of it in a good way. Joe Burrow, bigger game, I'm going to kick your ass even more than I would at 1 o'clock Eastern. I'm going to show up when the lights are bright. For whatever reasons, Kirk Cousins turtles a little bit in those big spots. And that's the challenge. If you're the Vikings, sports psychologist, I don't know what you do, but you got to get this guy to not think about the stakes, the stage, the impact, the moment, what it means to his legacy. Negative Florio. <laughs> Always finding ways to, to crap on Kirk, crap on the Vikings. That's sort of interesting, and I see what he's saying, but you know, in the regular season at least, Kirk is coming off a what tying a record or setting a record with eight tied. fourth quarter. Okay, tied. Um, so yes, I agree. The Giants game was disturbing at the end, but uh, that regular season was probably more than I ever could have hoped for, given Kirk's career arc until that point. So I'll defend Kirk also, a little bit there. Didn't they have a couple? Let me pull this up here. They beat the Patriots in prime time, right? They weren't a total train wreck in in prime time. And you could argue that oh. Giants playoff game, which is a standalone, right. know, it wasn't prime time, it's a standalone big game, that for 97.5% yes. of the game or whatever, he was yeah. really, really good. Yes. In, in fact, maybe carrying the Vikings. But then, of course, you, you can't dismiss the the fourth and eight check down. And the prime time, uh, the Eagles loss was pretty brutal. That was a Monday Night Football game. And then both of the Romo games were just... Terrible. Where, the what, Cowboys game. Yeah, yeah that was a train wreck. The Romo game. I just Jim, call it the Romo Jim, game. What's wrong with Kirk? Jim. Oh, the, the Packers. So if we're doing standalone games late afternoon or prime time. Yep. You know, can we count the London game? He played pretty well in that London. They, they beat the Saints well, across it started, the pond. Yeah, it started late afternoon there and what, like 9 a.m. 20 or 9 a.m. Yeah. here? It's like 8.30 yeah. even. Okay, so uh, the Vikings. We'll get to the show here in a second. Yeah, but I'm just I'm trying to defend them a little bit. We here. actually have a show planned here, but we do. Um, so they they played in the regular season. They played six. Now this counts postseason. They played six games that started at three o'clock or prime time, and they were two and four in those games. Mm. All right, so listen, I'm trying I'm well, trying to do my best haters. to defend the guy, and they went two and well, four. Well, you know in those what, Mackie? Look at the defense, Mackie. Look at how the defense defense played. It is kind of funny, though, that we have no ability sometimes in football to compartmentalize 
Everyone only has room to praise or blame one thing yeah. specifically, and people would say, well, you guys do that. No, we don't. That's not true at all. We do pie charts and blame or praise several things. <laughs> I've always said, blame everybody. See if I care. Yeah. So anyhow, um, this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. The show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Inspire greatness with TCL, an official partner of the NFL. So it is potentially schedule release week, although Peter King is casting doubt that that's oh going to happen God. on Thursday. It's but we happen. have a full week of like schedule festivities. Tomorrow, Judd has already put together his mock schedule. Judd has mocked the schedule. And has all sorts of details. We're gonna. I think we're gonna do that tomorrow, regardless. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope so. The work, yeah. the blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, we need forty-eight hours of that at least. The addition of the red zone ranking for all Sunday games alone is worth <laughs> That's hearing. So absurd. So Judd has Judd has that. It's it's been <laughs> baked. It's been cooked. It's now just like on ice for tomorrow. And uh, we're going to do a live on Thursday. Again, if the NFL pivots off of their schedule, then we'll pivot too. But we're going to do a live schedule release show on Thursday. But today we thought this would be a good time. Now the draft is, you know, a week and a half in the rear view or a week in the rear view. Free agency is basically in the rear view. Let's go through the state of the Vikings offseason here. Let's go through the changes they've made, the, the current offensive starters, current defensive starters, their current cap situation this year and next year as they plan ahead and what to do with Dalvin Cook, Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter trades, potential contract extensions, et cetera. Let's mm-hmm. just kind of go through step-by-step step, state of the Vikings off season. Mm-hmm. So I want to start with you guys. I'm going to give you the current offensive starters and basically who is replacing who. And we'll go defense after that. And I want you to tell me, I'll just give, I'll give you the full, the full list here of offensive starters is the Vikings offense better or worse on paper than it was a year ago okay. or at the end of last season, okay? And they didn't make that many changes to the offense. So Kirk Cousins, the quarterback. Your top two receivers are Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison. In fact, I'll spill over it to like 12 or 13 players just based on the different personnel. So your top three receivers are Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, K.J. Osborne. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say your current running back situation does not involve Dalvin Cook. I'm going to say Alex Madison mm-hmm. is the starting running back okay. with Ty Chandler and uh, Dwayne McBride as your young backups. Your tight end for a full season now is TJ Hawkinson. And then his run blocking six foot five, 250 pound backup is Josh Oliver. What time might be done. And then your uh, starting offensive line right now is the same as it was. Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury. Ed Ingram, and Brian O'Neill. Is that collection better or worse than where we left it? I think it's slightly improved. If Jordan Addison can have the impact as the number two receiver that I think they're banking on, it's improved. Now, is it improved by leaps and bounds? No, but it doesn't need to be. It needs to be, I, I think what, what Addison, and this is going to sound weird, but in particular, the addition of Josh Oliver does, is it provides Kevin O'Connell with more answers to the tests. And if he has more answers to the football tests, that improves Kirk Cousins' play. 
And so what I'm going to say is I think the ability to run personnel packages and for O'Connell to uh, call plays that, in my opinion, he might have called last year, but they didn't necessarily work out great. Look, Thielen being slowed down was a big problem. It was a big problem because ultimately the cheat code in the test is Justin Jefferson. And anything that doesn't make him absolutely as impactful as possible the second the ball is snapped is a problem. Addison's abilities should do what Thielen couldn't do. And so I'm going to say it's improved. Um, I'm also going to say that my expectation, and I think it's fair, entering 2023, Dex, is that this is a top five scoring offense. Yeah. Uh, I think Addison replacing Thielen, let's let's kind of go in that vein right here. Because Thielen last year, if you remove the name, just remove the name, had 70 grabs, 716 yards, six touchdowns. If you were to say that's what Jordan Addison should should do next season, let's just say that's even what he finishes with next season. 70 grabs, 700 yards, and six touchdowns. I think the one area you'd like for it to be improved is Thielen only had like 10 yards per catch, so he wasn't really stretching the field a little bit. Um, he was just more of a, a classic guy in the red zone or a third, third and five little completion there. But if that's Jordan Addison's numbers after his rookie season, I, I would be pretty satisfied with that. But it's the eye test, too, of is that guy add another explosive level that this Vikings offense didn't have before? Because th- that stat line, that's a pretty solid stat line for a rookie wide receiver to step in right away in the NFL. I think we get a little spoiled because we saw what Jefferson did. And we've seen what some other re- great receivers like Jamar Chase have done early on. And, it just, and it re- it's a receiver error, it feels like, now in the NFL. But if Addison replaces that production, but there's a little bit more of a like, surprise and spunk and flair to his game, and this Vikings offense, I think I agree with Judd. I think it does take the next step. I think Addison is better than Thielen. If you're asking me who's going to have the bigger season or who would be the more, if, if, if you know, targets were equal and system was equal, who's the better wide receiver in 2023? To me, it's Jordan Addison. I think there's a really good chance it's Jordan Addison. He gives you, I think he gives you a chance to, to have more chunk plays. You know, outside of Justin Jefferson in the passing game, the Vikings barely had any 20-plus yard, through, like, through the air, 20-plus yards down the field, intermediate, deep passing game. Besides Justin Jefferson, it didn't exist. So I think Jordan Addison can add to that. So I'll just go, Kirk Cousins should be better. Kirk Cousins was great late in games. Overall, he actually had some of his worst numbers of his career. If you look at QBR and passer rating and yards per attempt and some of the the, the other just, you know, if you look at the full game, they would just disappear offensively for chunks, and in part because Kirk would disappear for chunks. Second year in a system, another year with Justin Jefferson, a better number two wide receiver. In theory, Kirk, if he stays healthy, should be better. Justin Jefferson, I don't know if you can get better if you're Justin Jefferson, but he's going to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. Addison, we talked about. A declining Dalvin Cook versus running back by committee. I'm not ready to say that running back by committee is better than Dalvin Cook, but if I'm getting Dalvin Cook coming down the hill and I'm getting running back by committee where I can just play the hot hand, Maybe it's a wash, a slight downgrade. Mm-hmm. Well, in, with the running game, too, they they did not attempt to run a lot last year. I believe they were like 28th in rushing attempts, right? And the addition of Oliver to Judd's point is that they want to they be better at schematically running the football and obviously effectively at running the football. So if their yards per carry, uh, which it was pretty low last year, if that is better 
with Alex Madison, with the running back by committee, and maybe the attempts go from 28th to, let's say, 16th, uh, where it's a little bit more balanced attack, well, then it's fine, right? I mean, then then your your running game has changed from just bell cow, Dalvin Cook, and maybe a couple carries for Madison in a series, to now it's a committee example, and it's more attempts, and it's more scheme, schemes that are working for you. I think it can be better than that last year. I don't think it can be any worse, to be honest. I think O'Connell needs to do, and he definitely knows this, a far better job on first and second down of making third down manageable as hell. Because the problem is, is what? If you, if you attempt to pass on first down, incomplete, okay. Now it's second down, and let's say you run, because they did at times, and now it's third and seven, third and eight, or something like that. I think what he needs to do, and I think what the different, the different personnel packages are going to allow the Vikings to do is put themselves in third and three. Because now, guess what? Odds are good. It can be a first down. The other Jefferson, so here's the intriguing part of the conversation to me on what Addison is going to bring. And dare I say, I care, but not a ton about his statistics. I care because what his value is going to be is having to pay attention to him. So, like, if you hit a few big plays in week one and week two, right? Now it's like, okay, that's on film. We have to account for that. And if we have to account for that, that's going to suck attention away from Jefferson. So... I'm not actually focused on, and I don't don't want them to be disappointing and bad, but I think Addison's statistics are going to be overblown. I think it's what happens on the occasions that they go to him to put the fear of the Lord in the defense. Because now you can't just say, we are triple teaming 18. Because if you do, you're going to get got by this kid. So I think that's the most important thing is the perception of the threat that Addison provides, not necessarily the actual production itself. Because ideally, guess what? Jefferson becomes more effective, and and he can get the ball all day long if he's in a position to. If you had uh, Judd saying that someone's going to get got on your Purple Daily bingo card, then mark your your square. (laughs) Getting got. National Football League, man. It's a tough league. So Josh Oliver essentially replaces Irv Smith on the roster. Yep. And you get a full season of TJ Hawkinson. So the tight end spot to me is like Irv Smith, it was always just a theory of what he could be. He wasn't really great at anything. He wasn't he was he was pretty fast for a tight end, but he wasn't a reliable pass catcher. I mean, hell, he dropped that pass in Philadelphia. It could have been a sixty yard touchdown to put the Vikings in a spot to win that game. So right out of the gate, he just dropped he dropped a couple huge passes early on. So at least with Josh Oliver, you're getting a guy that has a defined role. He is, he's not an every snap guy, but he is a road grading run blocker. He is, you know, if you look at the 49ers offense with Shanahan, he gives you another guy that can, it can get you in some different personnel groupings. It can get you into some more advantageous uh, running situations. And a guy I would argue too, that if you look at his college production could catch more passes if given more opportunities. So I I wouldn't be shocked if Josh Oliver, who is a big dude, Mm -hmm. becomes a red zone target off play action. So we'll see. So, okay. So we all agree that largely the offense is better on is uh, better on paper. All right. Here are your current defensive starters. This is just a complete half of these guys weren't here or were backups or hurt. I think the only returning starters right now on paper are Harrison Phillips, maybe Daniil Hunter, and we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. Jordan Hicks and Harrison Smith. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure now. Now Tonga was a starter at times last year. Yep. 
but you basically have six or seven new starters on defense. So it's going to be Harrison Phillips, uh, Kyrie's Tonga, and probably Dean Lowry as your three down linemen in the three, four scheme. Yep. And then your edge guys, again, I'm kind of projecting here. I'm going to project Neil Hunter and Marcus Davenport. And I'm going to say Zadarius is gone, but we can talk about that later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Your starting middle linebackers are Jordan Hicks and Brian Asamoah. And then I think your starting cornerbacks are probably Byron Murphy, Makai Blackman, and Andrew Booth Jr. Maybe Byron Murphy in the nickel slot role with Makai Blackman and Andrew Booth Jr. on the outside in the nickel. Mm-hmm. And then your starting safeties are Harrison Smith, Lewis Seen. For depth at defensive back, you've got a Caleb Evans, you got Cam Bynum, Jay Ward, the LSU kid they just drafted, uh, Joe Juan Williams, who they signed from the Patriots, Josh Metellus as kind of a special teams ace, maybe a guy that can get some run at safety. Your edge depth includes DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones, and then Jaqueline Roy as maybe a guy that steps in after the first month or two, the interior defensive lineman from LSU. So. A lot of changes. Brian Flores is coordinating all of it. Mm-hmm. Is the defense better or worse than where we left it? Well, it can't be worse. I don't think it well, can be. Technically, statistically, it, well, it can be. Okay. I they think were the, 31st in yards. I think the defense the is going to be improved, but hear me out. It's not going to be great. I think if you can get to like 16th or something like that, it's a win. Um, I do think, though, that a a combination of going younger, getting faster, and replacing Ed Donatel with a guy who's going to come in and coordinate a defense that probably makes a hell of a lot more sense. And schematically, they're both uh, going to be or were three, four base defenses, but I think that's it. I think everything else is going to change, and the bill of goods that KOC got sold by Donatel is gone now, which is good. Um I also think that there is room for adjustments as well. For instance, I could see Jordan Hicks at some point being a situational guy or just not playing. Like, like I think that there's going to be, there are more creative ways, uh, I think, to get speed. And ultimately, look, if you have Harrison Smith on the back end, basically as a pseudo coach, okay, I don't think I need a ton of veterans. Like, I don't think it's like, well, if I don't have three veterans or four guys, and this to me is going to be all about speed, especially on on the second and third levels, damn it. And so Jordan Hicks could be out at some point in time. Um, I, I think that the there's enough competition now at cornerback for that to sort itself out. The, the addition of uh, Murphy, I think, is still key. So I... I could see this thing being mid-pack. The one question, the only question I have is Daniil Hunter. Because he's still a damn good player. And I got to think that if he comes back, Flores is going to use him in a far more appropriate role than Ed did. And so I guess I lean more towards, I think there could be substantial improvement if he stays. But as we've talked about for weeks now, the question is, does his desire for a contract, and that probably being a three- plus or a three-year deal, does that fit the Vikings' philosophy? Because we do have to think about this, you guys. This team is in for a major shakeup after 2023. If I'm not mistaken, there are 37 pending free agents on this team, okay? 
And Quazy doesn't strike me as a year-to-year guy. He strikes me as a, a long-view guy at the end of the day. So I don't think it's a given Hunter's back. I do think the 2023 defense is a lot stronger if he's there. And we'll get – I have a take on Daniel Hunter specifically that we'll, that we'll get to um, like later in the episode. But, Declan, do you think the defense is better or worse with all these changes? I think it's slightly better. I think that's the best way to say because I think better would mean like it's going to take a, a significant step forward. I'm with Judd. Can it get to like 18th in points? Can it take like some marginal step forward where it's really good at one thing or strategically good at one thing? That's what I wanted to see from the defense last year where could they be really good in the red zone, which actually I believe they were pretty decent in the red zone last year. They were bend, not break, but they had moments last year where they, they showed that. Can you be elite at pass rushing? Can you figure out something on the defense that you can be really, really good at basically? I think their cornerbacks are just going to be susceptible to big plays. They're younger. They don't have any experience. Um, and I think they're going to get exposed a lot. So can other positions, like can this linebacker core with Asamoah step up and make some big plays? Can the defensive line clog up lanes and get after the quarterback more? Because it's obvious that the teams are going to, opponents are going to pass like heck against the Vikings, and, and they probably should with those rookie and inexperienced cornerbacks. So can you be strategically good at a few things? And I think a guy like Brian Flores can kind of awaken some of those things too. I got two words quickly, pass rush. You've got to get pressure. And they had two guys that could get pressure last year and nobody else. Correct. And they didn't find ways creatively to scheme pressure. And that, that's where Brian Flores will come mm-hmm. in with a different approach. He will sacrifice the safety net of keeping everything underneath for let's generate pressure. And, and the problem with that Donatello is he never, you know, there was a couple times later on in the season where he was forced to blitz more. But by then the ship had kind of sailed. We were already into November, December. And it's like, well, you know. If you were gonna if you were gonna build this in, it should have been happening in September, October, et cetera. And so Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith were the only two guys across the entire defense that were getting regular pressure. I think that might change with the scheme this year. So you 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 might have guys that if Daniil's around, Marcus Davenport gets a lot of pressures, but didn't get he only had a half sack last year, which is almost mathematically impossible to be. He got like forty five or forty eight pressures and only a half sack. Last season, which is and the Vikings are betting that that's an anomaly. He had nine sacks, I want to say, a couple years ago that he's going to go up. I think it's a better defense. I think there's a lot more upside here. I love that they poured resources via free agency money and draft capital into premium positions, cornerback and edge. They said, Marcus Davenport, we're going to pay him. There's a chance they might pay Daniel Hunter. And, they, and they've said the last two years, let's load up on cornerback talent. Let's sign Byron Murphy. Let's use fairly high draft picks on Makai Blackman, Andrew Booth Jr., Caleb Evans. So Quasey knows what the most important positions are, and then he knows, okay, at linebacker, let's get faster. Brian Asamoah, Ivan Pace as an undrafted free agent. I think that dude might be starting at some point for the Vikings in the next couple of years. I'm not saying he starts week one. I'm saying in the next couple of years. I think he might start. I was going to say, Thor Nystrom apparently was texting me yesterday for Purple Daily on Draft later today on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and he has some great projections on Ivan Pace and the rest of this UDFA class, so stay tuned Does for that. Does he, I don't want to spoil your episode, mm-hmm. so he's high on Ivan Pace. Very high on right. Ivan Pace. Okay. Yeah, interesting. So we all agree it should be better. I don't think we foresee like a 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense here quite yet, <laughs> but if they can just, if they can, if they can be more aggressive and if they can... Now, if they wind up getting rid of both Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith with these contract things, okay, let's do this again. <laughs> Call me later. Well, that's the thing, yeah. It, but it, If they don't get 
adequate pressure with the quarterback schedule that they are going to face, they're going to be in huge trouble. Yes. So let me give you my Daniil Hunter take here in a second, but a shout-out to our friends at Athletic Greens, helping to power Purple Daily and helping to power old Macadac. Oh, oh yeah. AG1 is uh, AG1 is like nutritional insurance to start your day. One scoop mixed with a bottle of water, you got your full allotment of nutrients for the day. If you're on the go, they've got travel packs available. 75 high-quality ingredients that give me important daily nutrients. Oftentimes, the first thing I drink in the morning, sometimes I will wait until maybe early in the afternoon. You know, we all get that little kind of faded feeling around one, two, three o'clock from yeah. time to time. Athletic Greens is very helpful in that regard. AG1 for the aging one. Wow. Someone should hire you as a Athletic Greens just yeah. told me. I'll you give are this a away. modern day Dom Draper. I, I'll are. give it away for free because I love you for so Don much. Don or Dom? Don Draper. <laughs> Dom. Don. Don Draper. Right? That was Dom Draper. I never watched. It, it's on. It's high on the list. I never actually watched Mad Don Men. I know You're probably right. right. Yeah. The first three or four seasons, incredible. Yeah. You should definitely. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> if uh, a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com/purpledaily. Athleticgreens.com. Slash Purple Daily. And while we're being healthy, Livia is here to help Purple Daily listeners lose a lot of weight. And they, they do indeed. In fact, I've talked about this for a while now, but more than a year ago, they helped me lose 40 pounds. And guess what? I've gotten notes from countless people that watch this show who say, I joined too. And you know what? I had the same results. The guy on the left, a little chunky. The guy on the right, looking good. That was last July. And you know what? There's nothing that, there's nothing better than stepping into the suit and it fits perfectly. That is what you can get. And here's the thing. Join today. Receive three months free plus a free gift during Livia's Client Appreciation Week, which goes through Friday, special savings, giveaways, and more. And again, three months free. So you can try it, and you can go into summer looking good and feeling good. And the best part is they're going to help you keep that weight off, and that's the most important thing. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Contact them now. Again, spring client appreciation event goes through Friday, three months free. What more do I need to say a healthier and happier you is on the horizon? Okay, Daniil Hunter. So the three players sort of in question here as we go through the next, we, we have three weeks until the June 1st cutoff here. So June 1st is a very important date in the NFL because you can trade or release guys, and your cap hit for 2023 is going to be less of a penalty, but you'd have to absorb some in 2024. So you you oftentimes see guys designated. You can designate up to two players for post-June 1st releases. You'll see that in March, which you did with a few guys. There's been a lot of rumblings that Dalvin Cook could be headed to Miami or some AFC team after June 1st for maybe like a fifth-round pick. So there's going to be some things that happen here. The more I process what the Vikings are doing as they straddle the line of competitive rebuild, they're retooling their roster, creating flexibility, going to get off the Kirk Cousins contract train for now, right? Mm -hmm. But they're also trying to do all these things while winning a bunch of games in 2023. They are set up to win games. They have the best team in this division while the Lions are technically, you know, Vegas favorites to win the division. But I think any Vikings fan would tell you the Lions are the Lions until they prove that they're not. 
So the Vikings are in the mix to win like nine or ten games again maybe this year with a tougher schedule. So I think it's becoming clear, maybe I'm wrong on this, that Dalvin Cook is gone as part of the get-flexible rebuild thing. Zadarius Smith is 31 years old. He already tweeted his goodbye like two months ago. There's no reason to give him more money at age 31 when he just signed Marcus Davenport. So my guess is he's on the way out. Maybe it's a post-June 1st for him for like a fourth or fifth round pick. Some team could absolutely use a guy that led the NFL in pressures through the first nine weeks. And once you do those things, I don't think you also unload Daniil Hunter, who's 29. He's two years younger than Zadarius Smith. You know, there's a little bit of risk with his injury history and the fact that top edge rushers don't usually perform at the elite level once they hit 29, 30, 31 years old. But my guess is Daniil Hunter is where they draw the line between rebuild, tear it down, get flexible, and compete. I think he's in the compete bin. Mm-hmm. I think Dalvin and Zadarius are in the rebuild, get flexible bin. So I think Cook is gone, and I'm not going to be surprised if post June 1st, if he is, if he has to be released, uh, because I just the problem is the contract. So, so like that's the problem. Who wants that contract for a guy at that spot at that age? Um, I think the Zadarius thing. So it's interesting to go back to March that they paid that bonus, which was what five five million dollars, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, to Z at that time. The only thing I can think of is that that is Daniil insurance so that there would be, I don't think we know where the Hunter thing is going. And I, you know, he could ask for a lot here. Like this could become a problem. And I think if he has to be traded and, you know, I agree with what you're saying, Phil, but keep in mind, he is the one of those three guys that could get you a nice return. I think if they decide This doesn't really dovetail into what we're doing because, again, I think that these guys ideally think far beyond 2023. So let's just say that he comes in and says, I want to be top three. Rush ends, which is a big payday. They're saying, well, we got Justin Jefferson. Um, A year from now, Darisaw. And at that point in time, I think they probably go back to Zadarius and give him a new deal because no matter what he gets, it's going to be cheaper. That's the only reason why, because there's got to be a reason why they paid that bonus. And I think it's insurance because I think that there is a fighting chance here that they still don't know which way the winds are going to blow on the Daniil Hunter negotiations. Mm -hmm. By the way, the top three edge rushers, average annual value, make $25 million, $27 million, and $28 million. Daniil's current cap hit is like $11 million because of the math and the accounting from the, the previous years. Yep. But his current base salary is $4.9 million, yeah. which ranks 45th yeah. among edge rushers in the NFL. He ain't showing up for that, nor should so he. So there's almost no way to do a big contract with him without it hitting a huge chunk of it on your books for this year. Like, you can't just shove it all into future seasons. Right. So, and we can get to the cap ramifications here in a second, but... They'd have to make, if they if they did a Daniil Hunter contract, they'd have to, well, they might be able to keep it around the current number, but you'd probably have, you don't have enough money to sign Jordan Addison right now. Right. So there's like, there's moves on the horizon here in the next month or two. Yeah. And I just think that this one is a potential problem because in Daniil's defense, he spent two years hurt, essentially. But remember, when he didn't show up for camp in 2021, I he didn't come to the OTAs at that time, I should say. Remember, they gave him more of his money immediately 
but they didn't give him a new contract. So, like, this figures to be his last contract. So if he it's does, his last shot at a big one. Exactly. Yes. So if he doesn't break the bank here, he is going to have um, what really amounts to a Pro Bowl career without ever having truly gotten paid. And so the question becomes, what does he want? And the I think the Vikings are past the point of just paying guys. Like, I think they'll pay him if they deserve it. But, you know, with his age... And the fact that over a two-year period, I think he played seven games at one point. Are you going to break the bank there? I don't so know. If if you're, I, I think it's reasonable for all sides to conclude if he gets paid average annual value, yep, it should be as a as a top five edge rusher, which would put him in like the twenty three to twenty five million dollar a year range, and that would obviously be he'd be the I think the second or third. Well, Justin Jefferson contract kicking in at some point. So he'd be one of the three highest paid Vikings if, if that contract happened. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to be healthy, I have no problem paying an elite edge rusher for two or three years a bunch of money. Could you come to some sort of compromise with him that says, listen, all right, we're not getting, I think you shop him behind the scenes quietly just to see, because the decision you have to make is, is he more valuable converted into a first round pick? Right. If there's a team that will give you a 2024 first round pick, like a first and a third or something, is that more valuable to the franchise? Or is signing him to like a three-year deal with two full years of guarantees or something? So you're going to get paid a ton of money for the next two years, and then you might be able to hit the market again when you're 30 years old. You know, Khalil Mack is still getting paid at 32. Von Miller and Cam Jordan are still getting paid a ton of money in their mid-30s. Would he agree to that? Or would he say, no, trade me? I need a, it's got to be a five-year deal to make up for lost time. Like, this is all the stuff. We don't know where the conversations are behind the scenes. Right. But is he more valuable as one of the highest-paid edge rushers at age 29, 30 for you or converted into draft capital before the season starts? So, Khalil Mack, if I'm not mistaken, when he was traded from the Bears to the Chargers, got like a second and a fifth, right? That sounds right. So, if I could, if I could get a second that's a conditional first on games played, because, you know, if he, he goes to a team and his neck gives him problems again, I don't think a team's going to trade a first-round pick sight unseen. But if I get a conditional first that's a second, if he gets hurt, essentially, and like a fourth or a fifth, that is really tempting. Because then now that gives me collateral in next year's draft to potentially move up and get a quarterback. But you're also punting big time on the 2023 season if now you're saying goodbye to to really like if if Zadarius also goes or are you saying that it's one or the other I'm saying would, I think that they would pay Z not yeah. as much but he he wants more but I'm doubtful that that he's trying to break the bank like Hunter is and he doesn't deserve that so if I could come so, to a reasonable contract extension with Z for a couple of years which I think is very fair if Hunter's gone and pair him with Davenport. I'm just telling you. Otherwise, why did they make that payment and not cut? Yeah, because they didn't. Because they didn't know what they wanted to do in the moment, these. right? Why would why they? Is do, that? Why would they do that? They're now getting Windhorse to do why that just for fun, that? too. Poor guy. <laughs> just so, Zadarius is currently 17th among edge rushers in average annual value. If you, if you take the three years and add it all up, it's kind of a fake three-year contract. Mm-hmm. 
He's played three full seasons in three of the last four years. So he's actually played a lot more than Daniil if you look at the last four years. Yep. He led the NFL in pressures through the first nine or ten weeks of last season. Yeah. And his midseason injury was a bone bruise. It wasn't structural. So, now, I think as a 31-year-old who's had some injuries, he's probably played the best football. Like, he's probably not going to get better going forward. I just don't think you can say goodbye to both of those guys and expect to have any semblance of a competitive defense in 2023. Yeah. In, in which case, if that's going to happen, then aren't then okay, if you're going to trade both Daniil Hunter and Zedarius Smith, then you might as well trade Kirk Cousins to the 49ers, too. Yeah. I'm not trading both. Because what are we doing here? I would okay. say the only path if, where that makes sense, they trade both those defensive ends, which I am also out on. I think at least one of them has to be back. If both those guys are gone, I'm not saying it's all for the one trade, but I think you'd have to get some type of player back. Like, you know, they made the trade for Unique and Gakwe. I know that didn't work out. They'd have to get some other pass rusher back in a trade. I don't know if it's a player for player if NFL trade trades. Yes. If you trade both. If you trade both, there has to be someone coming to the Vikings, either that's late in free agency that's still out here or another separate trade because there's no chance they can run out that roster on that defensive line without both those guys and then some other supplemental guy if both of them are gone. I think Smith, if if you trade Hunter, I think Smith comes back. And I don't think, so Here, here's the thing. Smith, it's a purely financial move. In It's not like you're going to trade him and get much. So like if you trade, if Daniil comes and does what Phil said, which is, you know, I need five years. I need to be top three. And you're like, we can't. Um, I think you call Z in and say, okay, dude, here is a two-year lucrative, incentive-laden probably contract. So I don't think that the Zedarius conundrum is that bad. I just mm-hmm. think that they are are going to wait and see here. And this all comes back to the fact that it's very interesting that we have heard almost nothing on Hunter aside from the fact he's not there right now. Like ordinarily the agent was talking in years past and we would hear he's not going to play for this or that. It's been kept very quiet, which I find to probably be a good thing from the Vikings and Hunter's perspective. But I don't think the Smith thing is he's gone for sure too. I think he's being kept around because there is a scenario where they would pay him you just wouldn't have to pay him nearly as much. Yes. Now, if you broaden this out even further, there's some interesting cap ramifications with all these moves, too, which we can get to in a second here. Uh, but what the Vikings are doing, they're essentially cleaning up their lake area, mm-hmm. their 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 cap situation, just like Aquaside can do for you as these summer months approach. I was told from uh, from from the family that the dock is in the water at Shell Lake. All right, they put wow. the they put the waders on. They Packer got in fans. and got that dock in. As in, we dock is in the water. I mean, Jim got the waders on and got the entire yeah. dock in. I did not help, uh, but when he stepped in that lake, he realized, oh, this is great. My lake is nice and clean, and it's an aquaside lake, right? It's a clean lake because they use the aquaside pellets there uh, to help remove that nasty lake weed and algae. And as you're getting that dock into, we got 70s all weekend, so we're getting closer and closer Memorial weekend. So whether you're putting off to then or you want to get that dock in early and you see that nasty lake weed and algae, call our friends at Aquaside. Go to their website, too. It's Aquaside.com. They're located here in the Twin Cities in White Bear Lake. But you can buy these products on their website, too. Go to Aquaside.com. A quick thank you as well to our friends at Dennis Kirk. For all you victors and Ragnars out there, it's motorcycle season. Whatever you ride, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com so you can ride more and wait less. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock clothing and helmets as well. 
Shipping is free for orders over $89. If you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. Okay, so the Vikings' current cap situation for this year, and I get that we're like, no longer do you need a bunch of money for free agents because that was back in March, but there's things that you need money for, like signing your first-round draft pick, Jordan Addison. Mm Mm-hmm. So the Vikings right now have $1.1 million in cap space, 31st in the NFL. So they're just they're pressed up against the glass when it comes to cap space. They will need to make another move to free up enough space to sign Jordan Addison. Now that could include a Brian O'Neill restructure where you shove some hit. It's, there's a very easy restructure mechanism you can just pull the trigger on for Brian O'Neill where you just shove uh, the accounting into the future. A TJ Hawkinson extension is on the horizon, which would probably lower his cap hit, which is like $9 million this year, probably lower it for this year. And then, you know, the contract would pick up starting next year. And then you could obviously trade or cut Dalvin Cook, Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, who we just talked about. So the Vikings have used pretty much all their cap space for 2023, and they're going to be looking for ways to, to create some more pockets. I find the 2024 cap situation to be the most interesting because – for a while, back in March, it looked like they were trying to clear a ton of space for 2024 yep. by absorbing the Adam Thielen cap penalty for just, hey, let's just pay it all off this year, right? Um, at the time, they had a bigger number for Kirk in 2023. But through some of the free agent signings and through the Kirk Cousins restructure, the Vikings cap, situa- uh, cap situation for 2024 isn't quite as uh, glamorous as it may have seen before. So they have $24 million in cap space for next year, which currently ranks 23rd in the NFL. Now, if they do post-June 1st trades of Dalvin and Zadarius, let's say, that would more than double their cap space for 2024. They would then have $58 million in cap space going from 23rd to 12th. Mm-hmm. But is there a Daniil extension, Hawkinson extension? Uh, the Jefferson money probably hits the book starting in 2025. So they've cleared some space for 24 at this point. And now we're just kind of waiting on some of these big contracts like Dalvin and Zadarius to see where that money winds up. So what's intriguing about that and where there is some major unknown, though, is this. As I said before, this team right now has 37 projected unrestricted free agents after 2023, including right now. Kirk Cousins, Daniil Hunter, Marcus Davenport, Hawkinson, who is going to at some point, I think, in the next few months get extended, Jordan Hicks, Jalen Reger, Ole Udo, Greg Joseph, Chris Reed, Ezra Cleveland, and K.J. Osborne. And that's just the names that we basically know. So that's where this is really intriguing, and that's where the Cousins thing really comes in here. Because I think the question is, not do you want Kirk back, like, Kirk sucks. No, he d- he does not. He is a productive quarterback. But at his age, with what he's going to want, even if it's a discount on the market because of what the market dictates, do you want to pay that? Like, this is where this gets incredibly intriguing. And, and again, they've done a pretty good job now w- with this current front office administration of keeping things quiet, so we don't know. But, like, there's a lot of different directions. And, and the enticement to get a cheaper quarterback who they feel can still win has to become very strong because if Cousins' contract comes off the books and you replace him with a draft pick, you are talking about being in a really good place cap-wise. 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. But a potentially really bad place when it comes to wins and losses. Hundred percent. Right? Which is the trade off the Vikings have historically not been willing to make. Right. But if now, you best go, case scenario, you just you just seamlessly seamlessly transition, and your young quarterback is really good right away, and your scheme is good enough. Right. Or cetera, you but. or you take a guy who is now considered a bridge guy, and try and win on a contract that's not huge, and the Jefferson contract is going to cause pain, but there's no way around that contract. Like, you're not go- – I don't think you're going to nickel and dime a guy that you drafted who has turned into one of the best receivers and players in this league, right? No. I so, like, that's not going to happen where you're like, oh, Justin, you can't don't, you can't do this. You're going to be like, oh, dude, we've got to pay him. So mm-hmm. it just creates a really interesting dilemma um, that I don't – that. It's why the Cousins talker is so key. Yeah, I'm looking at the guys. So you, you said there's 37 unrestricted free agents. I'm looking at the guys that are for sure under contract for 2024. Yep. Brian O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Harrison Smith, but probably not, actually. He's under contract, but. Right. Like, Zedarius is under contract, and right. Dalvin's under contract, and Har- but Harrison has a $19 million cap hit. I guess they could keep reworking that. But Harrison Phillips, Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw, Byron mm-hmm. Murphy, Garrett Bradbury, Lewis Seen, Josh Oliver. Now you get into Alex Madison, young players, basically. Right. So there's like six or seven veteran established players under contract for 2024, and the rest are big question marks. Which is why I think the question becomes, is there a plan for potential pain? Would you plan for that in your third year running this franchise, though? That's the weird thing. You might like, plan you to, to get young and be confident enough that that your coach can milk wins. And maybe, hell, maybe the ownership became so confident in these guys after squeezing 13 wins out of a, basically a Mike Zimmer roster. And they said, all right, cool. Yep. So let's let's try to do the competitive rebuild thing again in 2023. Let's see if we can win an Aaron Rodgers list division. And if it doesn't work out well, you guys have full permission, leeway, whatever, to get young and and have a transition year. Ideally, it would be like the Seahawks, where you still go and win like nine games, you know, right? And you uh, you have a big season. But the one thing, the one thing that I think where where the fan base differs from the internal thinking with this team is this: I think this team thinks our first two draft classes can be pretty damn good and productive. We yeah, all think last year's draft, draft class was a complete bust because it didn't. And yes, it would have been ideal if guys had stepped in, but it doesn't always work that that way. And as long as those guys are, are still on the roster, like there's no rule that they can't become good, productive players. Right. Yep. I think the fan base thinks, well, that draft class sucked. I think they think, hold on a second here. And, and if the two draft classes can start to pop in 2024, that at least keeps you competitive, probably. 
Yep. That is a big, yeah, there's a lot of people that have just written off the entire draft class, and yep. I, don't, I don't think this show is quite there yet. So so there it is. There's your state of the Vikings offseason here. Good stuff. Going through. Let us know in the YouTube comment section, do you think the offense and defense on paper are better than where we left it toward the end of last year? And what would you do with Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, and Dalvin Cook? We'll see if there's resolutions on those here in the, the coming weeks. But tomorrow, gear up for Judd's mock schedule. All 17 games. Football. All the primetime games. Yep. Four versions, I believe, have been gone through in the past two days. Wow. And I think I'm now, I think I perfected the pie. Like, I've been sprinkling ingredients, mm-hmm. and I was like, mm, that's not perfect yet. So I've been changing it up. And Maybe again, this is why the NFL might delay their schedule release. They wanted to see what Judd what had for the do. Vikings schedule. And then we then we can build out the rest of the the league once we know Judd's Vikings mock draft. And again, the Sunday schedule, the Sunday games, and there are plenty of primetime games, but the Sunday games will come with the new red zone ranking. How popular will, will it be for Scotty Hansen and company to say, let's go to U.S. Bank Stadium now and see what's going on. Amazing. Can't wait for tomorrow. Daily Vikings entertainment here, even during the dead of the offseason. We've got you covered. We have the we basically have the entire summer planned out. And we're going to unveil some fun theme weeks as we go along here. But, uh, yeah, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. We'll see you tomorrow on Purple Daily.